in the scriptures, we are told to resist the enemy. But what does that look like? What if we told you that Jesus presents probably the best example of what it looks like to resist the enemy? Let's talk about that today on the THP Online Community Podcast. Hello and welcome to the THP Online Community Podcast. I'm Dallas, your media pastor here at The Healing Place, and we're so glad that you've hit the play button today. Whether you're listening to us Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, thank you for being part of our THP Online Community. Today's message is going to be really interesting as we dive into a particular situation found in Luke chapter 4 where Jesus is tempted by the enemy. Again, we've been talking about all year long and continuing on throughout the rest of the year about resisting the enemy, making no room for the enemy, and leaving no doubt of who we serve. And in this example here in Luke, we see Jesus resist the enemy in a profound way that we think is going to really challenge you in your own personal walk and how you resist the enemy on a day-to-day basis. Take some time to lean in, take some notes, and, and really ask yourself, what is the Lord teaching you through this message? And we ask you just a favor, reach out to us, mediahub at thpstreetport.com, or you can reach us on any of our social media platforms. And let us know what God is doing through these messages in you. How are they encouraging you? How are they challenging you? What is your next step and how can we pray with you as you take that step? Finally, I do want to remind you guys, we have a brand new podcast we launched seven weeks ago called The Midweek Move, which is more of a Bible study conversation podcast where we have a variety of individuals who sit down and we're walking through currently the book of Acts. And guys, I'm telling you, there's been some fantastic insights that come out of this podcast that I really think will help you with your next step to make a, a move towards what God has for you. So make sure you guys check that out. Just look for a Midweek Move on your favorite podcast catchers. Or you can visit our website, thpstreetport.com, and we have links from there. All that being said, let's get into today's conversation. All right, let's go to Luke chapter 4 today. We are taking our next step in this whole thought process of leave no room for the enemy and leave no doubt whom you serve. Leave no room, leave no doubt. So as we've been walking through this in 2022, we have talked about, you know, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. And one of the cool things that we have, we have recognized these last couple of weeks is that as we draw near to God and lean into the things of God, we are resisting the devil. Like we are literally resisting the devil right now by opening the word of God, we're resisting the devil. And then leaving no doubt who we serve. How do we do that? Well, the disciples laid out a path for us. And that is when they were told, do not speak the name of Jesus. Literally, they said, we don't know whether, uh, you know, we should listen to you or we should listen to, you know, God, we're going to leave that up to you. But as for us, we can't help but speak that which we know we've encountered, we've experienced. They're saying that the things of God are a part of our life. We follow Jesus, so we can't help but speak that. So they're going to leave no doubt whom they serve. There was no doubt who the disciples served, no doubt who the apostles served. It was Jesus because it was all about Jesus. It wasn't about a God somewhere or an idol or a cultural icon. It was Jesus. It wasn't just a carpenter. It wasn't just, you know, this person, this prophet, you know, it was Jesus, the son of God, no doubt at all. 
And so we've been walking this journey with leaving no room, leaving no doubt. What does that look like? And how do we navigate through that? And how do we walk through that? And last week we talked about, you know, no room, no room, no room. Well, how do we leave no room? How do we leave no room as a body, as the body of Christ? You know, when we're doing life with other people, how do we leave no room in that? How do we leave no room for the enemy in our own lives? And we talked about putting off the old and putting on the new. And so today, we're going to probably look into one of the greatest examples to us of leaving no room for the enemy. And it is, of course, in the life of Jesus. He is our model. He is our template. He is, he is the one that we follow. We watch his life. And we are not Jesus and we are not little gods. We are followers of Christ. We are created in the image of God. We are children of God. But yet, the same spirit that raised him from the dead lives inside of us. So there are manifestations and characteristics of God. We are being conformed into the image of Christ as we serve the Lord, as we dig into the word of God, as we pray, as we grow in our relationship with God, we are conformed into his image to become like Christ, to be Christ-like. And so today in Luke chapter four, now there's a, the interesting pretext to this because in Luke chapter four, it follows an amazing event in the life of Jesus, which again was a pattern for us. It was a template for us. What is that? That is baptism in water, water baptism. Jesus comes to John the Baptist and he says, hey, baptize me. And we know the story. John the Baptist, you know, says what most of us would say. No, 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 we can't. We, we can't baptize you. Like, I'm not going to baptize you. You need to baptize me. And Jesus was like, no, this is the pattern. This is, I have to do this. And we know that John baptizes Jesus. And when he does, the dove descends. It's this epic moment that was done in the simplicity of the wilderness. But it's this epic moment where the dove descends, the voice of God comes, man. It's this epic, historic, movie-like moment out in the wilderness with just a few people out there. And all of a sudden the dove descends representing the Holy Spirit and the voice of God comes and says, this is my son. Validation. God the Father is validating Jesus the son. And we know that Jesus hasn't done any miracles yet. He's not really been kind of released publicly to minister publicly. But in this moment, he's validated by the father. This is my son. But then he says, in whom I'm well pleased, affirmation, validation, affirmation. And we all know that that in our lives, our flesh seeks validation from someone or something. We want to be validated. We want to be affirmed. We want affirmation. And normally we want validation from either something we do or someone we know. We want affirmation from either something we do or someone we know. So it's like we live our whole life to get the validation of maybe a parent or maybe a loved one, a spouse, a, a, a family member, a friend. Uh, maybe it is I seek validation from my job or my title or whatever that may be. And we seek validation and affirmation from so many things that we forget our validation, our affirmation comes from God, the Father. We are children of God. And as children of God, our need is simply from one source, and that is God the Father. That is where our validation is. This is my son, 
in whom I'm well pleased. So Jesus receives this. Now, he's kind of released and we think, okay, great. He's got validation and affirmation. Man, here he goes. He is about to go and preach the good news everywhere. He's about to heal everybody that he sees right now, but that's not what happens. And that's where we are in Luke chapter four. And today we're really gonna lean towards that leave no room for the enemy. Come on, put that in the chat right now. Leave no room for the enemy. Leave no room for the enemy. That's where we're going to lean today. We're going to kind of bend that way today. Leave no room for the enemy because it's super important. When we leave no room for the enemy, then we will genuinely leave no doubt. The fruit of that is we will leave no doubt whom we serve. So Luke chapter four and verse one. Then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit, we've talked about this over and over again. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the things of God, it leaves no room for the enemy. Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now, let's stop right here for a second. Wrap your theology around this for a second because especially in America, we're taught, we're kind of taught in many circles, that if anything bad is happening to you, something wrong with you, there's something wrong with your, you don't have enough faith, right? You, you have sin in your life. It's kind of that whole Pharisee mindset. Surely there's something wrong with you and what you're doing because you're facing hardship. But this says that Jesus was led not by the devil. He wasn't led by circumstances. He was led by the spirit into the wilderness. Why is he being led into the wilderness? To be tempted. So he's being led by the Holy Spirit into a circumstance that maybe he would not want to be in. Again, we've talked for the last couple of weeks about God's not necessarily looking to change our circumstances. He's looking to change us in the midst of our circumstances. Because when we are changed in our circumstances, that gives witness to Jesus, not witness to how good we are or how great we are, but the fact that our situation didn't change, but we were changed, we were transformed in the midst of the terrible situation. We didn't get delivered out of the situation. We got delivered in the midst of, of this situation. So it says, Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit returned from the Jordan, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days, he ate nothing. And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. So he's being led into the wilderness. It's a time of fasting for him. Fasting, not from technology. They didn't have it. Fasting from food, literally. removing that from his body, which was a need that fed his flesh and submitting it to the spirit. He's led by the spirit into the wilderness. And it says, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. To verse three, and the devil said to him, now this is so key. Listen, key in on this. If you are the son of God. So what's the last thing that the father said to Jesus, spoke over him? This is my son, his identity. What is the first thing the enemy goes after in the wilderness, in the weak time, in the vulnerable time, no food, no one around to help, none of the things to lean back on, none of those things to help you. And what does the enemy go for? If you are the son of God, how many times has this happened to you? that 
man, God gives you a word. God speaks something over you. Something happens in your life. And man, you leave from that moment. And maybe even before you get out of the parking lot, maybe even before you go on to the next thing, immediately the enemy comes and questions what God has said what God has spoken over you, what God has said to be true about you. The enemy comes and says, if you are a child of God. He says, if you are the son of God. Listen, in this moment, if Jesus had left any room for the devil, he would have been done. If you are the son of God, he immediately goes after his identity. One of the main areas where we leave no room for the enemy is being secure in our identity in Christ as a child of God. And so many times what ends up happening is we begin to, we begin to follow the false patterns of this world in believing, hey, I'm going to serve God, but wait a second. I do need affirmation. I do need validation from my job. I do need to make more money. I do need to do this. I do need to achieve this. I do need to make sure that this person is proud of me. I do need to, and so we're, we're like loving God, but yet we're loving the world, and the Bible's clear about that, that you cannot serve two masters, that you'll either completely go in for one and deny, like, it has to be one. And what ends up happening is we think that we can kind of toe this line and be in this gray area of loving God and loving the world, but we can't do that. We can't function that way. It's exhausting. It's tiring. It, it brings chains of bondage on us. It heaps up these unreachable uh, things in our lives, these unattainable things that we put in our mind. If I just do this, guess what? When you do that, you will realize that's not enough. I've got to go for more. Hey, if I can just do this, that will be enough. It will never be enough. And the enemy comes and says, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. And how do we know that Jesus has left no room for the enemy? Look at his answer. Verse four, but Jesus answered him saying, it is written. Jesus is filled with the spirit of God. He's filled with the word of God. He is filled with the things of God. Therefore, there is no room for the enemy. Why is it so important that we read the word of God? There is no room for the enemy. Why is it so, so uh, important for us to fill our things with the things of God, to consume the things of God? Because it leaves no room for the enemy. Jesus says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Boom. He doesn't even allow the accusation, if you are the son of God, he doesn't even allow that to penetrate him at all. He doesn't think on it. He doesn't feel it. He doesn't have an emotional reaction to it. He simply says, it is written. He doesn't try to give this huge defense of how he is the son of God. He just simply comes back with the word. He doesn't strive with the devil. He doesn't have an argument with him. He's just like, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Boom, that accusation's gone. So then look what happens. Then the devil, taking me up on a high mountain, he brings him up to a high place, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all this authority I will give to you. Listen, if you have been duped into believing that the devil has all authority, then you will give him room to deceive you and attempt you. But if you understand that God, God is the ultimate creator. He is the creator of the heavens and the earth. He is all powerful. He is all knowing. He is everywhere 
all the time. But what ends up happening is we believe the devil is everywhere all the time. He's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He's all powerful. He's all knowing. He knows everything. He knows it. And we ascribe a godlike nature to the enemy. And you know what that does? That feeds his pride and his ego. Because going all the way back to the original sin, what has Satan wanted? He hasn't wanted to be like God. He has wanted to be God. He has wanted to be worshiped by creation, who's supposed to be worshiping God, and he's wanting to take God's place. And so many times in our lives without even realizing it, what we are doing is we are making Satan our God. We actually worship him by giving him room and being deceived by him and allowing the temptation to penetrate us where we bring God down and we elevate the devil. That sounds insane. And none of us would say, yes, I want to do that. But that's exactly what happens when we do not feel fill ourself with the things of God, we give in to deception just like this. He takes Jesus to a high place. All this authority I will give you and their glory for this has been delivered to me and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said, get behind me, Satan. Like he didn't even... He's not even acknowledged that Satan has any power at all. He's like, get behind me, Satan. He names him the enemy, the deceiver, the father of lies. He doesn't call him, um, hey, this is a misunderstanding, or hey, this is a weakness, or hey, this, no, 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 no. I'm going to call you who you are. I'm going to identify you. Listen, our sin are not just little mistakes, or little this, or little this. It's sin, and when we identify it as sin, we go to the root of what it is. We confess that sin, and now we have opened ourselves up for the creator of the heavens and the earth to bring forgiveness through his son, Jesus. Jesus says, get behind me, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. He gives him no space, no, last week we read Ephesians 4.27, nor give place to the devil. He gives no place for the devil to even begin. Then he brought him to Jerusalem. So now the devil's bringing him to the place, like the center of the universe here on earth, Jerusalem. He brings him to Jerusalem, sets him on the pinnacle of the temple, the high holy place, and says to him, if you are the son of God, he comes back to identity. If he can't get him to worship him, he will try to get him to be deceived in questioning his identity. Listen, the enemy comes in waves and he'll come after your identity. If you don't allow that, he'll come to try to get you to pull your worship back a little bit, throttle that worship back a little bit, kind of lean that towards me a little bit and everything. No, 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 I'm not going to do that either. Okay, well, if you really are a child of God, he says, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here. Now this is key for it is written. Now the devil is quoting scripture. Listen, the devil will use scripture itself to try to deceive you and tempt you into leaning into him and drawing away from God. He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you and in their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against the stone. You know, the enemy, we talk about context all the time, right? Why do we talk about context all the time? Because the enemy has just brought this particular verse out of context to declare this to Jesus, to try to tempt him and deceive him. And Jesus says this, and Jesus answered and said to him, it has been said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. 
He brings the contextualization to the verses that the enemy has quoted to him. He's like, no, 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 no. This usurps all that because you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now, when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. What does that mean? That means he's coming back again. He's going to give it another go. So, Scott, what's the point then of, of leaving no room for the enemy if he's just going to come back? Because if you let him in, guess what's going to happen? More doors are going to open up in your life. More deception, more temptation, more fruit of that deception, more fruit of that temptation. And now all of a sudden you have drawn so far away from God that you cannot hear God's voice any, any longer that you've been filled with the things of this world so much, the patterns, come on, somebody put that in the chat right now, patterns, put that in the chat, it's about to come up here in just a few minutes, it's gonna come up again, patterns, put that in the chat right now, patterns, patterns matter, there are patterns, there are patterns in the kingdom of God, there are patterns in this world, there is a pattern to this world, there is a pattern to the kingdom of God, there is a pathway to the kingdom of God, there is a pathway to this world. There are patterns, pathways. Now, when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time, meaning Jesus left no room for the enemy. There was no way that he was going to be able to deceive or to tempt Jesus into pulling away from God the Father. So what does he do? He leaves. And then it says this. Now, you would think 40 days in the wilderness, Jesus has been through every trial, every temptation we would ever face in our lifetimes. The enemy has just been relentless on him. Like he's had no food. His body is weak. His, his soul is being attacked by the enemy. Um, if you are, if you are, his spirit has been attacked by the enemy. So this threefold being has been fully, wholly attacked by the enemy for 40 days. And verse 14 is key. Because for many of us, if we had went through 40 days of that, we would come out weak. We would come out empty. We would come out just, we would need like a sabbatical just to get over that. But look what it says about Jesus. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And news of him went out through all the surrounding region. And he taught in their synagogues being glorified by all. So Jesus went into the wilderness filled with the Holy Spirit. But because he, le he left no room for the enemy, how does he come out of it? He comes out of it in the power of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he left no room for the enemy. One thing the enemy does not want you to understand is that when you say no, when you resist the devil and he flees from you, you will not come out empty. You will not come out powerless. You will come out in the power of the Holy Spirit. You will be more effective for Jesus. You will be more authoritative in Christ's name. You will be more powerful in the name of Jesus. There will be more fruit of the Spirit, more gifts of the Spirit, more of the things of God flowing out of your life. Why? Because you resisted the devil. You drew near to God and you resisted the devil. You left no room for the devil, thereby that which you've been filled for is now empowered to go and do the work of the ministry, what God has called you to do, to make him known on the earth. You say, well, okay, Scott, this is Jesus, man. 
Like, I can't do that. That's, that's Jesus. Well, look at Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. Because so many times people use, they actually use Jesus as an excuse not to do what Jesus did. Let me explain that. So many times people say, well, that's Jesus. He's the son of God. He's this, he's this. I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. But yet we've got we've to read the rest of the story. We've got to read the rest of the narrative because Jesus himself told the disciples, greater things than these will you do in my name. Jesus said, in my name, you will cast out demons. You will heal the sick. You, you, not 12 superhumans, not 12 superheroes, not 12 Marvel characters, not 12 DC comic heroes, 12 men, and not just you, but to every succeeding generation, those that will take up the cross and follow me, they will cast out demons. They will, will stretch out their hands and will heal in my name. They, they, who are they? It's us. And so many times we look at the life of Jesus and we're like, man, I, I can't do that. That was Jesus. But yet Jesus himself said, these things you will be able to do because my spirit is not just gonna be with you, but my spirit will fill you. My spirit will be in you. And in my name, you will do these things. Romans chapter 12. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, right? So what did Jesus do in the wilderness? He had presented himself to, to the Father. What? A living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God. He goes in filled with the Spirit of God. This is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. Jesus is walking in that. He's walking in his identity. He's filled with the things of God. And look what Romans 12, 2 says. And be not conformed to this world. One translation says, be not conformed to the patterns, there's that word again, of this world. This world has a way of creating a pattern in our brain of thinking to where we feel like we can hold on to the kingdom of God, yet we can function fully and have a full knowledge and a thinking of this world. Listen, God didn't just come to change our hearts. God did not send his son just to change our hearts. He sent his son to also change our minds, to transform our minds that we can take on the mind of Christ. We can put off the old ways of thinking. Listen, if you were a thief before, the thinking pattern can't be, hey, Jesus has given me grace. Now I can continue to steal because I confess Jesus. And so now I can continue to steal and not be a thief because Jesus paid it all. That's wrong thinking. The new thinking is this. I'm no longer a thief. That's not my identity. I'm a child of God. And as a child of God, guess what I do not do anymore? I do not steal why? Because I put off the old and I put on the new. That's kingdom thinking. Worldly thinking is I can continue to do whatever I want because Jesus paid it all. And that is stinking thinking. <laughs> that is the world's thinking. And we buy into it because we leave room for the enemy. 
He says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. And then he says this, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? The renewing of your mind, leaving no room for the enemy. Why? That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, leaving no doubt. What did Jesus do in the wilderness? He presented himself a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to the Lord. He went through 40 days of temptation. He was emptied of all food. He, he was desperate. He was tempted. He was tried. He was vulnerable. The enemy kept coming and kept coming and kept coming. And Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, kept giving account. It is written. It is written. It is written. He left no place for the devil. And he comes out of that experience in the power of the Holy Spirit, speaking the gospel, speaking the good news to everybody that he saw in Galilee. And what was he doing? He was proving what was the acceptable and good and perfect will of God. He was leaving no doubt. Leave no room, leave no doubt. It sounds simple, but it really is difficult because this world keeps coming after us. The mindset of this world keeps coming after us. Let me say this before our time is over. Our world today is using terminology. Our world today is using phraseology and terminology, trying to get us in lockstep with a pattern of this world, a pattern of thinking, a pattern of feeling, a pattern of speaking, so that we are all speaking the same thing, but not the things of God, the patterns of this world. Do not buy the lie. Leave no room for the enemy. Jesus is still a healer. And Jesus cannot just heal hearts and minds, but Jesus can still heal bodies. Jesus can heal sickness. But there's nothing that this world has to offer you to change your situation that's going to benefit you in eternity. Change our way of thinking to not immediately going, God, change my circumstance, but saying, Lord, change me. Change me, Lord, that I may be transformed so that I can leave no room for the enemy. Listen, Luke chapter four, Jesus in the wilderness, it's one of the greatest examples I could possibly give you today of how you can leave no room for the enemy. Read it for yourself. Go through it line by line because it will encourage you. It will inspire you. And I'm telling you, our next step in this journey, we're gonna see where Jesus left that moment and then he does something. (laughs) He does something that blows people's minds. And basically what he was saying is, I am leaving no doubt at all. There will be no wiggle room when I leave this place. I'm going to state and stand on who I am because this is who the Father has said that I am. Can you live that today? I am not going to bend or lean towards what the world says I have to be, but I'm going to be secure in who God says I am. I am a child of God. If the enemy comes and says, if you are a child, boom, my response is going to be the word of God. I'm going to fill myself with the word of God. I'm going to fill myself with the things of God, and I'm going to leave no room 
for the enemy. Listen, I want you to take a moment once you're done with this. I'm going to do this a little bit different today because I want you to take an action step. It can't be an action step on my part. I'm on this side of it. You're on that side of it. You're living it in real time. I'm not living it for you. I'm living my own journey in real time. But once you're done watching this and listening to this, would you just take a moment? Just take a moment and just commune with God. Just talk to God. And look at the places in your life that maybe you have left room for the enemy to question your identity in Jesus. And reestablish your identity in Christ today. Reestablish. If there's sin in your life, confess that sin. Repent. Turn back to God. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. And in that drawing near to God, you will be resisting the devil. And listen, once you take that little moment and do that, would you guys please, we say this every week and sometimes people let us know and most of the time people don't, but we genuinely want to know, man, what did God say to you? What happened in that moment? And we don't want to, we don't, we don't want to hear that so that we can then go, hey, look what the healing place did and look what the online gathering did. No, no, no. Look what the Lord has done. Because every time we testify of God's goodness, you know what we're doing as a whole, as a body? We're leaving no room for the enemy. See, we're given testimonies. We're not given accusations. We're given testimonies and a witness of what God has done. So if you would just take that moment, draw near to God. God, where have I left room for my identity to be questioned? Where have I left room? And reestablish that confessing of sin, repenting, drawing near to God. And then out of that, let us know, mediahub at thpshreport.com, what the Lord has put on your heart. And we will celebrate with you. We want to encourage you. And we want to pray with you for your next step in growing in Jesus so that you will never leave any room for the enemy, nor will you ever, ever leave any doubt whom you serve. I love you and may the Lord bless you and keep you in Jesus' name.